when you're in the hospital with a life-threatening excruciating illness and and it feels like somebody just told you you won the lottery because um, <laughs> you don't have to go back to the office like something is wrong with uh, what i'm doing what does success mean to you how do we continue to define it as life and career changes up and how do we remain relevant i'm elizabeth ribbons your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to spotlighting actions and stories that empower a fluid approach to life, give purpose, and inspire you to reimagine your next. Ready to make a change but not sure where to start? Head over to nextcareerlife.com. Explore your options, get clarity now, and download the free 10 questions. Become a member and connect with the community. Be part of the events. Remember, the magic is in the groups. All at nextcareerlife.com. You have that idea for a business. You've done your homework, created it, and are ready to go. How will you fund it, and what are your options? Get the information you need with six ways to fund your business. Funding made simple for female founders. Created by Catherine Gray, producer, author, and founder of She Angels Investors, this digital course can help you ditch the roadblocks and get the information you need to help you realize your goals. Go now to www.sheangelsinvestors.com and find six ways to fund your business. Be sure to use Next Career Life for an extra 20% off. Today's guest, Monique Holm, is not only personally successful, she's also on a mission to help 1 million women and families create financial freedom through real estate investing. She's an awarded entrepreneur, author, and speaker who is Miserable in her career as an attorney, she discovered both flexibility of time and financial freedom through real estate investing and hasn't turned back. Because of her success, she is sharing this knowledge to help women break financial barriers, live their purpose, and share their gifts with the world. Hi, Monique. So glad that you're here. Um, okay, so give us a little background um, about you know where you were, and um, how you started to change over. And I, I definitely have questions for you, but I want the audience to hear, you know, about your prior career as an attorney. Sure. So I became an attorney largely because growing up, you know, my parents have great family. They were I'm a first generation American. My parents are super supportive. They always said, Monique, you can be anything you want. In parentheses, though, as long as you're a doctor, lawyer, professor, engineer. <laughs> uh, for them, that was success. So that's all I had learned. Like, oh, if I'm going to be super successful, I have to choose one of these paths. And I wasn't as into the arts and sciences. So I became a lawyer. Um, and I was, so I went to, you know, I was in an Ivy League law school, I was in a big firm, partnership track, six-figure income, I had all the things, I should have been deliriously happy, but I was really miserable. Um, one of, uh, one Tuesday morning, I found myself in the ER, because I had this excruciating uh, abdominal pain, and when the doctor told me that I'd have to stay in the hospital no. for several days, because my appendix had ruptured, uh, I ended up staying there for nine days. He said, and I'd have at least 30 days at home afterwards to recover. My first thought when he told me was, oh, thank God, I don't have to go to work for at least 30 days. <gasps> oh my God. 
gosh, that was your, that was my second thought. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how unhappy and miserable I was until that moment. Right. When, like, when you're in the hospital with a life-threatening, excruciating illness and, and it feels like somebody just told you you've won the lottery, um, <laughs> cause you don't have to go back to the office. Like something is wrong yeah. with uh, what I'm doing, but I'd been quote unquote doing everything right. I had followed the path exactly went to you know great schools did well big job all the i was following the plan exactly as I, it was laid out and i was that unhappy you followed that recipe and you were like okay this is the recipe for happiness but i'm not enjoying this happiness it's not it's yeah, not it's not fulfilling me oh. this is the this is what happiness and success looks like that's what i was told and i I was a good, dutiful daughter and student. I did it exactly as prescribed. And I was that unhappy and that miserable. Uh, so I, I needed to find another path and, and real estate. And it was definitely not a straight journey um, to get it, to getting there. I did at the time I actually was gifted a friend of mine when I was in the hospital, gifted me the artist way. I love that book. That book was so transformative for me. But and I had 30 days at home to recover. So I had this free time, which I didn't normally have as a lawyer, but I had this free time and I had this book. So I started doing it. And what it helped me do is as I got into the more creative part of my my brain, yes, law is so um, left brained, right? The, you go to law school, they teach you to think like a lawyer, but it's very like logical and left brain. And so as I started to work this other side of me, um, it took me on this really incredible journey and it helped me tune into like what's true for me, um, like deep inside my soul, like what would make me happy. And I, you know, I ended up moving to Argentina and living in Buenos Aires for a year, doing all sorts of things. Um, and then trying different paths within the law. It wasn't a, a straight shot. I, I wish I could say I left the hospital, like, screw this. I'm never coming back. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be like in a movie all wrapped yeah. up and figured out in one hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wish I got the lesson that quickly. Yeah. I did eventually leave that job, but I, you know, I was trying different paths within. I I'd invested a lot of time and money to be a lawyer and it was much a part of my identity. Um, so I actually did not leave law until uh, I, I was pregnant and uh, my boss called me into his office and I thought I was going to get a bonus because I've been working so hard so many nights past midnight, but he, he, uh, he fired me. Uh, this was in 2008. My, my daughter was born late, like August 2008, within a month, the markets were in free fall and I faced this non-existent job market. And um, so it was a great gift he gave me because I couldn't, I probably would have hopped back into law, but it was tough. It was hard. Um, but wait and, a minute, we just have to stop right there because <laughs> you kept going forward with like, this is it. I'm just going to make this work, even though it's not really working. And you were pregnant with a child and you got fired and the economy was going to be totally just flattening out. And that it took yeah. those three things. It's like, it took like a hurricane to make you go, Hmm. I got to do something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was literally like I couldn't, I couldn't go back to yeah. law. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
it, yeah, it was a perfect storm. And in the meantime, so real estate came in a few years before, not because I ever saw it as an, an alternative then, because the only thing I'd ever been taught about real estate is that you should buy your own home. You know, you get that job, you, you know, you, you get the nice job, you buy a house, you buy, you know, that's yeah. put some money into savings, buy a house. That's you know, work, work till you're 65, 70, you get the gold watch, you play golf for a few years, you die. That's like, that was the, <laughs> that was the path. Right. Um, so I've been working for a few years. I go, I guess it's time to get that house because that's what you do, right? <laughs> so I'm working, trying to buy a house. So I you know, living in Los Angeles, which is a super expensive market. Um, you know, even this is 2005, I'm looking for a house, but even back then, a starter home in a semi-decent neighborhood was upwards of six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars $700,000. And that was hard for me to do by myself. And I had a friend who was in a similar boat who suggested we buy a duplex together. The original idea was he'd live on one side, I'd live on the other side. And since I could afford half a house in LA, I said, yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> But instead of finding a house with two equal sides, we ended up finding this and fell in love with this beautiful like, 1915 craftsman that had this larger downstairs unit, had a two bedroom upstairs, and then a converted garage with a one bedroom in the back. And we each ended up taking a bedroom in the larger unit and then renting out the upstairs and renting out the back house. We even rented out our basement. So we started to house hack before I knew that was a thing. I just, I was like, oh my gosh, these people are paying my mortgage. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to afford this and now it's like free housing. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how, and then when I met my husband, he had a duplex and we got a single family rental. Then after 2008, we ended up selling one of the, one of our duplexes and we started to flip houses. Um, and when houses were on sale after the crash. And was your husband yeah. handy? Was he a handy person or did he know what it, what you needed to do to fix the house and get that going? Like, was that a natural thing for him or was it more for you? So he is rather handy, but we had a, we, we had a team. So we had well, right, right. But work. then a lot of times yeah. you have to go, okay, is this worth the money? Because how much will we have to, you kind of have to figure, right? And so yes. you guys had the eyes for that. You kind of had that experience and you knew. We had renovated our own homes. Um, so we had done work on our, our own homes. And then I, but at the time when I thought about real estate investing, I, all I could think of was what I saw in those HGTV shows. Like I didn't realize how many other ways there were to invest, but I saw all those flipping flops and whatever. And I was like, I, I think we could do this. We could totally do this. And, and so we, we started, we started to, um, and the, and yeah, we had to make that decision with every, everything we did was, is this going to pay off? Is this, is this change worth it? Um, where do we spend it, money? Where do we don't spend money? Where do we, because yeah. the contractors so we, can come in and go, well, can we move all these walls? We can do all that brand new windows. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So it's trying to figure so out. We only want to spend money if it would make sense um, or if it would pay off. Cause it wasn't it's like, this is not, these aren't houses we're going to live in ourselves. We, them, we made them into beautiful houses that we loved, but it, it had to, it couldn't be so particular or so fancy that it just didn't, it wouldn't pay off. So we, we started to do that. Um, most of the, I'm, I'm really into interior design. I, I, I have an interior design certificate. So I loved 
doing that, that part of it. And, and so we, we did it until about 2015 when houses weren't so on sale and, um, and it was a lot more competitive and, and flipping is really a, a job. It's it not, is. yeah, it's, it's not passive income and you, you do it and you get paid. Hopefully it works out and it's profitable. Then you have to start over again. And I wanted something where I could buy, put in tenants, um, and just get paid, you know, two months and just get paid month after month, not have to, um, not have to keep finding a new project, new project. And, um, so I was looking in LA for a fourplex and nothing cash flowed, nothing made any financial sense. I was going to be spending $2 million for a property that had no, wouldn't make me any money. Um, and I was getting really frustrated around the time I was in a mastermind and a friend and one of the, the guys in my mastermind said, Hey, you should talk to my friend who's coming to LA tomorrow night. He's the host of this, you know, the most popular real estate podcast. And he's done hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate. Maybe he could give you some advice. Like I'm sure he could. <laughs> so I got to dinner with him and 10 minute conversation changed everything. So first, because he was asking me what I was before dinner, we were just chatting. He's like, so what are you, what are you doing? I told him about the flipping and how that was getting competitive and trying to find this fourplex in LA. And he said, um, you know, LA is a really tough market. I always say live where you want to live, invest where the numbers make sense. And I went, oh, <laughs> like, of course. But until you said that, I assumed you had to invest where you lived, where you could drive to your property, touch it, self-manage it. It didn't occur to me that I could invest outside of my city, out of my state. And so that literally opened up the world to, uh, and mostly the other cities in this country where prices are way more affordable, <laughs> things actually cash flow. So that was really great. And the other thing he said was, and you could buy this fourplex by yourself, but you're limited to your own capital and credit. Alternatively, you could bring a group of investors together and you could get a 100 or 200 unit apartment building. And they started telling me about the benefits of that. Yeah. <laughs> My brain exploded. It's like, what? That's a thing? Like real people, like normal people, non-billionaires can buy, can do that? And, yeah. And I had this full body, yes, I want to do that. I want, you know, I would, yeah, I want to do that. And I want to be around people who think that's normal because until that moment, most of the people around me thought the fourplex was a very big deal. They wouldn't even have, no one around me would even have considered 100, 200 units apartment building as a possibility. So I was like, I want to, I need to be around you, people who think like you, people who don't think like me as groupie. <laughs> that is kidding. I was not kidding. <laughs> I followed him around the world for, for quite a bit, learning everything I could from him. And, um, and so that's, so then that's what we started to do and bring groups of investors together to purchase larger, larger properties. So we did do, and we'd still do larger apartment buildings. Now we're doing more factories and warehouses, more industrial things, but um, that's how we invest. And we invested our, to over 1300 rental doors. 1300 what? Rental doors. Oh, rental doors. I didn't hear that last part. That is fantastic. And what a story. There's so much there that I, I wanted to um, 
kind of back up and just and just mention or talk about first of all the artist way is really powerful and obviously it's been around forever even elizabeth gilbert you know the arthur eat pray love she she says she does it every year just to kind of check in and see where she's at and i think it's a great thing it's a great tool to to do and i love that you did that because you were seeking that that right brain your your, your creative side and your like spiritual like what do i really want to do and you probably sounds to me like you didn't give yourself that leeway before that you were like i'm just gonna do what it takes to be the you know i'm following that that path right mm -hmm. so i love that you did that that is incredible and um and so often you said you know you'd had really set up your identity with being an attorney even though you didn't love it it was that was your identity i hear that so often and so if we don't have that then what will we be or what will we do right so it's just uh, your path is great and i love 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 that you you know went to this thing or, or reached out to this this person who who is a real estate investor and just a real you know dynamo and um and that you continued to seek out even more i mean you just did you just did everything right as far as really getting out there and exploring and then finding the right people and then surrounding yourself with the right people i think that's really you, you're very powerfully put that, you know, everyone thought getting a, a duplex or a fourplex is, is a big deal. You have to kind of get to that next level of people that are like, oh yeah, this is no problem, right? So I think it's so cool. And how many years, now that was sort of um, like in 2015 to now, you've grown your, I guess, portfolio to 1300 rental doors. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so we were at 1349 at the beginning of this year, though we um, we actually sold a lot of our multifamily over this past year. So we're we're now around 800 doors. But you're probably you're kind of changing your um, portfolio to more um, if you said like manu not manufacturing, industrial, but industrial, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a new that's sort of a new avenue that you're you're taking and going into yeah that's exciting yeah, that's so do you have real estate people all over looking for you and contacting you is that is that something that you have that they're always calling you and saying, oh there's this this coming up or you watch it how do you you have a team i know but but did are they watching for you and then they're letting you know this looks like a good one and then you you get involved or yeah so mostly how we um invest right now is so with real estate there are two things right there's you need the deal and you need the money the capital <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um we're more on the money side so we have investors that come to us get it go into our investor club get on our list so we have all these investors and what we do is we find and vet deals that might be a fit for them and then um, offer them opportunities when when we have them and then we have partners that are more on the operation side so um we're we have we have been on the operation side on on some of our deals but more often right now we're we we vet the opportunities that come to us uh, but we're not on the the day-to-day -day running them um find, finding them running them so um that's how you know, we people people approach us for uh, with opportunities to you know for investment and and you have people manage the buildings that do have Mm -hmm. residential right so so i'm trying to get to like you find that you still have a lot of freedom and 
and flexibility in your schedule and life. Yeah. You can do what you want to do and show up for you know your daughter's whatever and right. Yeah, I have. It's great because my my schedule is my own, um, and I can like this. Well, well, I guess it's October already. I don't know how that happened, but we, <laughs> we spent three and a half weeks in Europe over the summer, and yeah. um, I was just going through my calendar. And said, you know, I'd like to have three weeks around the holidays. So, ex, you know, just like close the close the calendar. So I have that. That's great. And you, and you've created that for yourself. So here's a question. You were an attorney. You were a, you had some capital to, to begin this whole venture and this thing that you were, you didn't know it'd be this big. You just liked the idea of it. And then it turned into more and more, but you have a mission. And I wonder, um, you know, some people probably think, well, she was an attorney. She has all this money, but, um, I'm sure there's a way that they can, see themselves becoming um, owners and having rental properties. And you want to just comment a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I wrote this guide, which is available uh, on my website, reigoddesses.com. And it's available for free. And I don't know if you have a link, but it's, it's investing in real estate from $1 to $1 million. Investing strategies for every budget and every goddess. And I wrote that because so many, so many women, so many people in general, but women in particular, they won't even consider real estate investing because they assume you need to have, I think that we, we had a conversation before, and I think you used the word oodles of money in the bank. <laughs> that was your turn. Like, don't you need like oodles of money to get into real estate? And you really don't. There are actually $0 strategies for getting in. And, um, and so the, what I share are different strategies for getting in that take little to money. Um, it, I had a mentor who was help, you know, she was advising me when I was writing the book. She's like, you, cause originally the title was from $0 to 1 million. She's like, nobody will believe you can invest for $0. I was like, but you, you can, yeah. <laughs> You're like, it's some sweat equity. You have to put a little, you know, you're putting in your time and effort, but it's, it's zero. And she's like, no, 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 just $1. I was like, okay, fine. So that's the title, but it really shares $0 strategies. And, um, and the ones that take very little time, because a lot of people also go, well, I have some money, but I don't have time. I don't have time to go to open houses and find things and find tenants and deal with middle of the night phone calls and and all those things. And so I share strategies that are passive that require, you know, once you vet the deal and you're in, you, it doesn't take any time. And then I share ones that don't require you to deal with um, the, th the three T's, the tenants, toilets, or termites. Because some people go, well, yeah, I could invest in real estate, but I don't like the idea of having to evict anyone. I don't like the idea of ever having to deal with the toilet. I don't, you know, yeah. And I think, well, there are ways you can invest that don't require that too. So um, there, so I share 12 different strategies in that book for four for each type. But for those who are saying, okay, well, what's one strategy where you don't need money? Um, one very simple strategy is to a short-term rental, Airbnb, a part of your home. Um, it can be, maybe you have a, a separate unit, something that can, 
that's already separate that you can Airbnb. Sometimes it's you have an extra bedroom that can be Airbnb. I have a friend who has an apartment. He has an apartment in Hollywood and he was paying his whole rent Airbnb his sofa bed in his living room in his one bedroom apartment. Um, and he, 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 his rent was covered just with his sofa bed. Um, and then he ended up getting, working out a deal with the, the, uh, that building owner. He, he rented three, two other units in that same building. It's like right in the heart of Hollywood, really great location near a lot of um, touristy things. And he was, he paid rent for them, but the, uh, the Airbnb covered, you know, like was like double, double, triple the rent. So he was making money. He didn't even own the properties. <laughs> and so you don't even have to own the property to make money with real estate. You can even, you can even do it while you're renting. Yeah. So there, there's, so there's a lot of different things that you can do. Um, and it's, I think it's important that we as women start to do that. I agree. And I have mentored some women who are maybe going through a tough spot and they maybe are downsizing, going through a divorce or a loss of job or both. And, um, and that's one of the things that I've said to them, you have this house and, it, and it's very costly, but can you Airbnb it? And they're like, oh, I don't want people in my home. And I'm like, then get rid of your home because this is like, that's a huge nut, you know, like taking care of it and the taxes and all of that and get yeah. that money into something. You know, I keep trying to tell them to, to think that way. And I think it's hard for people to imagine that, that they can take money and, it, and grow it. Um, it's, it's just something that, that they have to learn and, and I'm sure they should. And I'm definitely going to have your, um, your REI goddess.com, your, your PDF in the, in the, in the notes, because that's something that people should go and get and, and take a look at. So how is your mission? 1 million women and families create financial freedom through real estate investing. How is that going? Um, you know, I, I'm, I have tens of thousands that I'm reaching now and I'm still far away, but it's, it's, it's a good thing that you've asked me because one of the things I've been thinking about is how, how can I track it better? Because <laughs> I have, um, we do have in our wealthy goddess program, we have a, we give an award. So we have a wealthy goddess award, but as women get deals, um, so when they get their first deal, there's a wealthy goddess award. And then we have a uh, financial freedom award that they get when they're, um, when they're received, when they're, when they achieve financial freedom, which I define as they have their, their passive income equals or exceeds their expenses. At that point, they're working because they want to, not because they have to. And um, so they could stop working that that's the, the financial freedom point. So we've, um, we've given out only, we've only been requested to give out half a dozen of those so far. Um, and we've done a several hundred of the, the deal awards, but so I, but I, I want to track it better because how do yeah, they're doing like, like, how will I know when I get there? Well, let me just say something about you, Monique, yeah. is that, is that, um, you do the work, like, like you, you knew that a, a law wasn't your thing and you were abruptly stopped. I mean, you kept at it, but, but then you were abruptly stopped, but not only do you stop there, then you seek out advisement you look for mentors you look for people who are going to take you to that next space because and i'm not saying you've had um you know at that point in your life you had um 
you know, some success already. So it, you probably were a little afraid, but you were still trying it out. So I think people, people kind of stop. They just look at that and go, whoa, I don't even know. So, so what you're saying on here, and I'm sure you say it in your books, is that finding those guides, finding those people that can take you to that next place. And it may not be a huge thing, but it, then you can keep finding those people and finding that information and maybe coming back to you because I know you speak, you speak a lot. I mean, you've already done what as many six or yeah, six events this year and the year's not over. So I know you're out there and they can probably reach out to your team or however you probably have a, a program. Um, but what I'm saying is you, you are a good example because you know that you assess, then you find where you can get some information and you seek it out and then you keep, you keep applying it. You apply it. That's the key. People, yeah. I think 80% of the people will get the information, but then they stop there because they're not sure how to apply it. So I really applaud you for doing that. And, you know, you're, you're getting to all these people and then you planted a seed and they may not be acting on it this moment, but they might still act on it and they still, or tell someone else who's going to act on it. So I think in a way, uh, you know, you are exceptional and, and creating something really um, profoundly good because uh, for women especially we need to be able to build our wealth uh, we're living yeah. long lives we're a lot of times we might be single and um and have to have something we can't keep working uh, hard jobs you know the nine to five forever so we need to have something that we can depend on that's beyond our day-to-day -day, right yeah i nine to five i was like i wish i worked only nine to five. <laughs> i worked i was like nine to five i worked seven to eight <laughs> so, yeah but, you worked so hard. um yeah when um one of the things that I, I i talk about which i think is so important actually i'm gonna do a tedx talk this week where i'm sharing about this but because with financial stability and like true financial stability it's really different than what we're taught. We're all taught, you know, get that fancy job, benefit, magical job with benefits, and then you'll be you'll be fine, and that's all you need. But you know, I think of financial stability as a table, and each stream of that table is uh, each income stream is a leg of that table, and we're only taught to have one stream of income, really, our job. Right. And but if we can't work for some reason, we get sick, or um, you know, we have to take care of a loved one which happens they get fired yeah mm -hmm. of course it happens especially for women we're more likely to be called off of our job because of that then there goes our leg and our table comes crashing down you could have two legs because you're a two-income family but you get a divorce or something happens and then you're you know you're very precarious so to have true financial stability what i call crisis proof finances you you want to have multiple legs of your table um mostly passive so they're not tied to your time. They're not, it's not based on your active income, you trading your time for money because that's relying on you. So if you're not part, if you're not able to work, then there goes that, there go those legs. But if your legs are mostly passive, you can lose a leg and then your, your table stays steady and your table stays firm. Enough legs, you have financial freedom, but even, you don't even have to be there though to have a, have a table that is, that is very firm. Um, what so you just said is so powerful. You just said it like da da da. But really, I don't think people think that. And our kids, when they're coming out of school, they're just being funneled into do good. Just what you just said. It's so yeah, powerful. The one, what you just one said. leg. <laughs> yeah. So, so powerful. 
yeah, so it's really important if I hope if you get if listening, you, you get anything else, it's just create those extra legs under your table, because life, life happens, it's full of those, those things. It's like the, you know, you're, you're pregnant and you get, or there's a, I don't know, a global pandemic. <laughs> oh, that, like, you know, oh, that happened. Like, well, it could happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> and when that does, if you, if you have, if you've built those legs and, and like I'm saying, they don't necessarily, it doesn't require you to have tons of money in order to start creating those legs. You just have to get the, have that education, the right strategies so that you can, you, you create that stability, a true stability under, under you, you. So when things happen, I know a lot of people are afraid of real estate. They're like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to put my money at risk. And they, they feel better having it in the bank. I'm like, no, that's not like you're like, that is actually pretty risky. If it's, <laughs> if it's there earning less than the cost of inflation, you're actually losing money. It's not doing anything for you. It's not, it's not helping you have those legs. So that's what I hope people get out of this. I think it's diversifying. We have to diversify. And I just love that you're saying that because it isn't that way anymore. You know, like you were saying, work until you're 65, get the gold watch. And it's not that anymore. And it's almost like our kids get it. I remember talking to my kids and they were saying, yeah, I've got to diversify. You got to be your own brand. Remember everyone was saying that for so long, you got to be your own brand. But, and I was like, oh, that's so yucky. I don't like that, the way that sounds. But it, it's, it's kind of true. You almost have to be your own corporation and be bringing in these different streams of income and think that yeah. way now. And so I really love that. It's just so incredible the way you explain that. And I hope you get to get that message out there. Oh, you're doing a TED talk. So is that what you're going to be talking about? That is what I'm talking about, how to create crisis-proof finances. Oh my gosh, I, I am so inspired. And I'm really, really excited about what you're doing, Monique. And um, I have enjoyed this conversation fully. And I really wish you the best success because if you're successful, that means other women are gonna be successful and families and, and um, they're gonna have choices and they're gonna be able to show up at that soccer game or be there for their mom who's sick or what have you. And that's so important. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And again, in the notes, I'll make sure that that's in there so that anyone who's listening can go on over and grab that and, um, and, and get started on their wealth. Enjoying the show? You can find the notes at www.elizabethribbons.com. That's ribbons with one B or on your preferred podcast platform. Please be sure to follow, rate, and review. Reviews and word of mouth are still the number one way to learn about new podcasts, so I appreciate your support. Until next time.